You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The way to generate adventure for yourself is to find those things that you are unfamiliar with, to find those things that make you uncomfortable and go and do them. Hello and welcome to the podcast where we talk about all things change and the challenge to be open to discovering the ways in which we could change more productively. I'm, I'm Lisa Oz with a terrible voice. And I'm Chell Hersig. And um, it is sort of funny that I co-host this podcast with you, Lisa, about change, since oh. I am a fairly change-averse person. I had this career that was just such a sort of steady, eddy, slow, but steady climb in the magazine industry until that blew up. And I was thinking just this morning that, you know, I love routine so much that when my plans for tonight got screwed up, I was like, I was totally unsettled. Clearly, I I need to learn, continue to learn from our guests. But you, you are good with, you are good with like last minute change arounds and bigger and bigger shifts too. I'm definitely flexible um, time-wise. And I think it just comes from just an inherent disorganization. It looks like spontaneity, (laughs) but it's actually just completely disorganized. Just all the plates crashing all the time is is a symphony. Well, (laughs) (laughs) a lot of changes is not orchestrated and is not planned, which is why I think our guest today is going to be great because she actually orchestrated and planned one of the most dramatic shifts I can see in lifestyle. So I just want to get in and start talking. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, Tess Vigland is a veteran journalist and the author of Leap, Leaving a Job with No Plan B to Find the Career and Life You Really Want. Tess, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you. So. 
That was you had a job not dissimilar from Jill's, where you had spent twenty years in the same industry. Jill was in publishing. You were in journalism. You had probably mm-hmm. one of the most coveted and premier jobs at Marketplace. Marketplace money. You're cruising in your career. Can you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, I started in public radio right out of college. I was fortunate enough to get a job at uh, Oregon Public Broadcasting where I had had an internship in my freshman year. And it was all I ever really wanted to do. And I ended up spending almost 25 years in it and ended up at, as you said, Marketplace, which is a global business and economics program uh, that's heard daily on public radio stations across the country. And I had wanted to work there from my earliest days and ended up getting a job when I was, I can't remember, 31 or 32 there, um, hosting a national radio show. So everything went according to plan. Exactly. (laughs) And I was a planner. Oh, you guys, I was such a planner. Like, You've never seen a planner like me, starting when I was a kid. And I always had these goals, and I reached them, and that's what I did with that job. And I ended up staying there for 11 years. And you loved loved it, it. right? Absolutely loved it. I could not have been happier. Um, But there were things that were happening in the workplace that just didn't sit well with me. And I ended up leaving. And uh, despite what you said about me um, organizing all this and planning all this, actually, I didn't really. I did something entirely uncharacteristic for me, which is I quit without having a plan. Now, did you have one of those quitting moments where, like, a take this job and shove it moment? Yep. Oh, wow. Ooh. (laughs) Did you regret it the next morning? Oh, I love it, though. Well, I I mean, I didn't I didn't I didn't actually quit that way in my head. That's what it was. You know, I I didn't want to burn any bridges. Um, so So how did you very nicely say, "Take this job and shove it?" I said, um, this, <laughs> I, I I said this isn't working for me and I need to leave. And I did People give them 3 months shocked. notice. They they were shocked because, you know, I had I did have this amazing job. Like amazing. Uh, people in my industry would have killed for it, you know, uh, and and people knew that I loved what I was doing, but they also knew that I was unhappy um, for all kinds of reasons. Um, and so, yeah, there was shock. Um, and the next day, did I regret it? No. Uh, the The first time I really started to have second thoughts was about a week after my last day, which was three months later. And when I when I you know, found myself not going to work. And that and routine, that routine that, do. you know, I and others like me love so yes. much was suddenly disrupted. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, I, I realized I didn't have a purpose anymore, or at least I thought I didn't. And I couldn't figure out how to feel like I was somebody. Was it totally impulsive, like, when you quit? Was it one morning, I can't take this anymore? Yeah. Because you hadn't thought at all about what you were going to do. There there was never a moment where you said, oh, I'm going to, like, become a chef or something like that. No. I mean, I honestly thought I would die at the microphone. That's how much I loved the job. There was no other microphone you could have gone to at that moment? Probably. Probably. But I loved what I was doing. I mean, I'm not kidding. I, I really, I was in my dream job. Literally, I was in my dream job. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I ended up, I, I went home on a Friday afternoon uh, from work sobbing because of something that had happened that day. And I cried in my backyard in Pasadena for a couple of hours. And then my, uh, my now ex-husband came home and I said, I can't do this. I have to leave. And I'm sorry. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he said, we'll figure it out. Um, and then you said, and- I'm leaving you too. Well, about three years later, yeah. <laughs> Can you tell yeah, us about you know, that? Once a quitter, awesome. always a quitter. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm just warming up. I'm getting good at this. You're all yep. gone. I'm done with all of you. <laughs> husband, the dog's got to go. Yep. Bye. No, it, it wasn't like that. But but I will say that I, I do think that there's something. I talked about this um, uh, after, actually— uh, after my book came out, because this wasn't in the book, but that, uh, you know, I think once you experience, once you experience quitting and you realize it's not going to destroy you, you look at the rest of your life and say, hmm, what else maybe isn't, isn't quite right that I need to change? Hmm. Okay. So, so let's go back to that like moment of regret. And what did you do next? How did you deal with it? That, that one week after actual last day at work? Um, I went into a deep funk. It was one of the hardest times of my life. Not only because I didn't have that routine, although that that was really hard, but because I really started to feel almost immediately the loss of my identity. And so many of us, I think, tie our identities to what we do, to our jobs. And I didn't really have enough kind of outside that. And I had this super cool job, right? Like I would go to a dinner party where I didn't know people and they'd ask me what I did and what, and I would tell them and they'd be like, oh, that's so cool. I didn't have that cool factor anymore. Yeah, the, the social currency of our work yes, is, is something exactly. that doesn't, doesn't – uh, that drives a whole lot, motivates a whole lot, I think. It does. really knowing. And and I yeah I had never really thought about that about what I would do when I didn't have that an- that cool answer anymore, and um, so that you know that started right away because my 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 last day was in mid November so it was right before the holidays and so there were lots of parties that I went to and people were like so and and it's the, it's the first question everybody asks right which is something that I fight against now so, what do you do hi I'm so and so oh what do you do. I don't ask that question of anyone anymore until like 20 minutes into the conversation um, because it's not the most important and what the most interesting ask, thing about what it. What is the most important and interesting thing about them? Well, I don't go to the most important and interesting <laughs> thing, but I will often ask, you know, what do you, what do you like to do on your downtime? What do you do on the weekends? Um, where's the latest, greatest place you visited? Uh, are there any books that you can recommend? I mean, sometimes it feels awkward because we're so used to asking that question about work, but I do it specifically now because it, it, because I don't want that to be the first thing I know about somebody because I don't think it is the most important thing. Yeah. What do you ask, Lisa? What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, yeah. And, and this from someone who's never or very rarely had a steady, consistent easily definable job like usually mm. although you have had many cool jobs kind of one after the other i've had i have had many cool jobs but my title is professional dilettante <laughs> that's what i have on my business card i think that's what i would like to be next <laughs> All right, when we come back we're going to actually talk about what you did do next 
This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. We've been chatting about the moment that Tess kind of blew her life up. Um, but then, from walking away from her dream job, walking away from possibly not a dream husband, into a whole new world, leaving everything behind, packing a backpack, I think you didn't even have a real suitcase, and moving to Asia. Like, you <laughs> might as well have gone to the moon. Sign yourself up with Elon Musk and go. That, I mean... Yep. What what was that about? That's a really good question, and I haven't quite figured that out yet. <laughs> no, so so what happened was um, I ended up getting a book deal and writing a book about, as you mentioned, about leaving the job and not knowing what I wanted to do next. And that book came out in August of 2015. And in the meantime, I was in the process of a of an amicable divorce, and we, we still talk. And you know, he's, he's a great person. Just the, the marriage needed to end. Um, so I was without a spouse. Um, we were in the process of selling the house, so I didn't have, you know, I didn't know where I was going to live. Uh, the book had, the book was coming out and I didn't know what I wanted to do after that. So all of a sudden I had this inflection point in my life where another inflection point where I was like, you know what? I kind of have the opportunity right now to leave and to go explore for a while. I don't have anything keeping me here in Los Angeles. So I, I literally just, I bought myself a one-way ticket to Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam. I picked that because I had never set foot in Asia and uh, because I knew it was going to be cheap and my money was going to go further. And I just, 
I, I packed up and left. I stuck all my stuff in a storage unit uh, that I just recently retrieved three and a half years later. And I thought I would be gone for maybe a year. That's what I was sort did of you, figuring out. Did at you the know time, anybody there? Did you oh, have no. like no. A, a little toehold? No, no, no toes, no, no. toeholds, no, nothing. <laughs> and that was kind of that was part of what I wanted to do. I just wanted to get somewhere and be forced to be uncomfortable and unfamiliar and just make myself go through that. I don't know why I wanted that, and that's something I st- I'm still figuring out as I try to figure out if I want to write another book about that. Um, but no, I just. There was something inside me that was like, you need to go challenge yourself in an just the most enormous way possible. Yeah, where they don't even speak English. Like, oh, no. It's not going to Singapore or even no. Bangkok where they speak English. No. So I ended up being in Saigon for four months, and then I moved to Bangkok. And um, I ended up being abroad for almost three years, <laughs> <laughs> and I went to 20 countries uh, basically gave myself this long sabbatical, which I could do because the the house that we did sell in LA sold for quite a bit of money. And instead of putting that in a retirement fund, I, I went on a grand adventure. And um, I traveled mostly solo to all those countries, uh, India, Japan, did you, did you create any kind of a home base for yourself that you traveled yes. from? Or did you, or were you, okay, yeah, no, you that, were not that truly was, nomadic? So, no, no. First, I had an apartment in Saigon for four months, and then um, I had a series of apartments in Bangkok for two and a half years and used that as a hub. What would you do every day when you weren't traveling, when you're sitting in—because I just got back, actually, from Vietnam, and I I loved Vietnam. I happen to love Hanoi a lot better than mm. than Ho Chi Minh City, but I, I, I was there about a week, and I if I lived there and I didn't have friends and I didn't have a job, and I'd seen all the tourist sites— and I hadn't been run over by a motor scooter yet. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I don't know what That's I would do. That's a great accomplishment. <laughs> what did you do day in and day out as someone who doesn't have friends, doesn't have family, doesn't speak the language, isn't writing a book? Well, for the first four months while I was in Saigon, I was traveling a lot. I went to five different countries in those four months. Okay. Um, but the question is a good one for Bangkok. And um, a lot of what I did, what I—, I, I taught myself photography while I was over there. And so I would spend a lot of days just wandering the city. Like, nobody gets to do that usually, yeah. right? Your pictures and are gorgeous, I just, by the way. They're I would beautiful. just go, yes, and I would just go to a part of the city that I wasn't familiar with, and I would take my camera and my different lenses, and I would practice my photography, and I would just wander around looking for things that were interesting. Did that help you really see what was around yes. you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It became like this new, a new way of of looking at everything from food to faces to storefronts to lights to cars, everything. Um, yeah. And that's a really interesting way to put that. I, I, I like that. I hadn't really thought of it that way, but yeah. And, but I was also writing. So I would come back to my apartment or actually I would go to, I, I had a workspace that I used and I would go there and I would start to make notes for what I hope will ultimately someday be a, be another book. I don't know how long it's going to take. but <laughs> um, And I also, while I was in Bangkok, I ended up making a lot of friends. I was there long enough. Um, and it is such an international city that I was able to make a, a real wonderful coterie of friends that I spent a lot of time with. So you're by yourself in a city like Bangkok. Do you just walk up to people and say, 
hi, I'm new here. Can I be your friend? I mean, that's like, my, I'm, I was just talking to Alicia about this. I don't like cocktail parties because I have to go have the same conversation with someone, all with a different person. It's like Groundhog Day for me, where you're like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Lisa. What do you do? But you're doing that with no backup. But it almost makes it easier, right? Because nobody knows me. I can tell whatever story I want about myself, about what I'm doing, about where I am and why I'm there. Did you make up stuff? <laughs> no, no. Well, Because that would be interesting. Say, I'm George. No, the the, the <laughs> I mean, only thing I made up ever was I got really, I was there, you know, starting in December of 15. So when people found out I was an American throughout 2016, you can guess what they were asking me about. And I got really tired of having to try to explain Donald Trump. So I literally started to tell people I was from Canada mm. because I just I didn't want to talk about it and because I had no I'll explanation. I'll just say understandable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, so the way I met people was uh, two, two different ways. One, uh, I learned how to scuba dive. And so when I would go out on dive trips, I would meet people. Um, and a lot of them, you know, when I would dive in Thailand, a lot of them were in Bangkok. So then I had a natural group of friends who were divers. But the second one was there's this organization called Internations, and you can find it in most major cities around the world, and it's gatherings of expats. And they have monthly, you know, let's go to a rooftop bar and everybody meet each other. Um, or, you know, if you if you are a photographer, you can go out with um, a bunch of photographers in the city and meet people that way. So I, I actually would go to these rooftop bar gatherings where I knew not a soul and I would be forced to go up to them, go just go up to strangers, groups of strangers, and say, hey, I'm Tess. I'm in town. I'm American. Where are you guys from? That that actually became the default question instead of what do you do? It was where are you, where from? Are you from? Yeah, so which expat, was really great. Expat life is a whole, it's a whole universe. Yeah. And people, I think, in some ways get a little addicted to it. You know, they, they tap into oh, it. Yes. Your money goes a lot further. You suddenly yes. don't ever want to come home. Did Was there anything about expat life that made you think, I'm not going to want to do this forever? No. <laughs> it, and if I, if I, the only, I will tell you the only reason I'm back in the States is for job, for money. Yeah. If I had, mm. if I had unlimited funds, I would never live in the United States again. But you could Not because I don't there. like the U.S., but because I'm so, I am, I am addicted to being abroad. Um, it is... What it does to your brain is so remarkable in terms of, like, I, I started to feel like almost, almost like Bangkok wasn't enough for me anymore. The, the and that's times saying that something. I was the happiest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because every time you walk out the door, it's a, it's a new place. But I found that the happiest I was was when I would land in a new country and I would be forced to function, to figure out how to get myself places, to meet people and to ask them for help. And I just thrived on that, absolutely thrived on that. And I think there was something in it that was, it was some sort of endorphin thing that became addictive to me. Hmm. Um, so no, I don't, I mean, yes, I missed home sometimes and I missed, you know, little things. I missed having a car sometimes. I just wanted to get in a car and drive and I couldn't do that. But for the most part, no, there was almost nothing about expat life that, that I got tired of. When we come back, we're going to talk more about what you're doing now. This is it. 
your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. So we've talked about your big adventure into Asia, and you just said you would do it all again, and you would move mm-hmm. back there. Maybe once your book is finished, you'll you'll do another round. Um, what, <laughs> what 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 is in the cards for you right now? What what do you besides the book? What's what's your life like at this um, moment? It's a really it's a good question, and I don't know what's in the cards for me, quite frankly. And, you know, just to get back to what you guys were talking about at the beginning of the show, I now really live my life without a whole lot of planning. And I have the luxury of doing that. Um, I do have, you know, an income. I'm doing some work for for actually a podcast company where I'm doing some, some hosting work uh, as a journalist. But I'm still figuring out what the next thing is going to be. And that's that would be uncomfortable for a lot of people, but I've lived my life the last seven years or so since I left Marketplace in that space of uncertainty. And I actually like it. And, you know, things have happened to me and I've made things happen that have worked out. And I think that because I'm open to different opportunities, it's just, it's become kind of this, well, what's coming next for me? And I re- and I like that. So, okay, you're comfortable with uncertainty, which I admire and think is fantastic. I guess I'm just curious about whether you feel like there is some sort of right balance between what most of us would call real life, mm. holding down a job, having an income, yep. but ideally 
pursuing something that you like that feeds some adventuring part of your soul and also going on actual adventures where you remove yourself from that quote-unquote real life and you do something that feels like an escape. Does that model, does that not really work for you? Do you think it's a construct that doesn't work in general? No, no, I wouldn't say that because I think everyone is different. And, uh, you know, I think that also changes over time for some of us. Um, it certainly did for me. As I said, I used to be a, a planner. I, I would plan out every moment of my day. <laughs> um, and I don't do that at all anymore. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would like to find that happy medium. And I have been at the extremes. And I can't live like that forever. I mean, well, maybe I could. I don't know that I want to anymore. I would like to have a little bit of stability. I would like to know, you know, I'm a freelancer now, basically, a contractor. I would like to know where that next paycheck is going to come from, you know, at the end of this year, once this project is done. Um, I would like to have a 401k again at some point. I would like to, you know, I I, I would, I think I would like to have uh, the structure of a workplace again. At some point, I actually miss it. I miss going into work and having that colleagues sort of around me. Alterna family of yeah, people you yeah, work with. Yeah, exactly. Um, but when that's going to come, I don't know. And I try not to be too concerned about it because I'm, I'm fine where I am for now. Um, but yeah, I, I, the, the, the biggest problem with taking a job like that that is more traditional um, with the 401k and with the colleagues is that it does make it more difficult to go and have the next adventure. Um, people don't generally let you just leave for three months or six months. It's just not done. If I could find an employer that would allow me to do that, I would stay with them forever. Um, but, you know, but I also look and I, you know, I, I did what I wanted to do. I actually took that jump and I went abroad and I I was gone for way longer than I ever expected to be. And so I kind of feel like, you know, if it, if that doesn't happen again, if something if something comes along that is more traditional and works for me and work and it's, you know, something that I want to do and feel passionate about, then if I don't go on another adventure for 5 or 10 years, that's fine. I did it. I hmm. really did it and I feel really well, and it good changed about that. You. It completely totally. changed you. You're, you're yes. not the same person at all. No, no, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, and you know, so so I also bring that to this life that I'm living right now. And you know, when it, when I was traveling, I also didn't make plans. I I would I landed in New Delhi, India, and I didn't know where I was going to go from there in the rest of India. Um, and that's kind of how I'm living right now. And I don't know how long I can do that, but for now, it's working, and I'm comfortable with it. When it stops working, when I'm not comfortable anymore, I will find another way. You've talked about the job part of it and being pretty much the only reason you're back is to to have a job again. But there's also the people part of it, the the family, the long-term friends, mm-hmm. the, the intimate connections that are hard to make when you're on the move. And you can have fun with, you know, a group of expats over cocktails, but it's not like the best friend you need a shoulder to cry on or you know, a, a lover. So do you not miss the connection? Because I, I love traveling, but I don't like it when I'm by myself for long periods of time. Yeah, but that that's where the way I traveled was different. And had I, tra- had I just been nomadic, 
Um, I would agree with that. But because I did, particularly in Bangkok, I was there, for, as I said, for two and a half years. And I developed some very, very close friendships. Um, and I think that happens in part because you are all in a place that is not familiar to you, particularly a place like Bangkok, where my fellow expats from uh, Pakistan, from France, from Germany, from Spain, they did not speak Thai. Neither did I. So, uh, but of course, they all spoke English. Um, so I actually made what are now some of my closest girlfriends in the world. And we all, we, I, I think that our relationships solidified extraordinarily quickly because of the situation that we were in, um, that we were all in this strange place and needed to figure out how to function there. And so, um, no, I mean, I, I did, I did have very close relationships over there. Um, do you miss the intensity of that? I mean, is that something that you yes. can bring home and say, you know what, I'm just going to be far more focused and dedicated to the making of new friends? Because I, I know what you're talking about, that there's there's a totally different charge in the air when you're meeting yeah. somebody abroad. I mean, that the excitement of it and the need you have for one another is very different from what we experience when, you know— you're texting with your friend, trying to figure out a time when you can get together. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's exactly right, and intense is the perfect word for it. Um, as for bringing that back here, it's it's funny. I when when I returned to the states about well, it was August of 2018, so it's about ten months ago. I really thought that I was going to need to go to a city that I had never been to, like that I was going to still need to feed that 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 craving for newness um, that I had gotten used to while I was abroad. So I thought I would go to some, you know, big city that I had never been to. And then I started to think about it. And, and I, I, I originally came back to, I'm in Portland, Oregon now, which is where I grew up. And this is where my parents are and where a large group of old friends are. And I thought, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't want to live there. I'm not going to go back to the place that I know. That's the exact opposite of what I want. But then I, about two months into getting home, I started to feel like, you know what, this is actually feeling really good because I don't have to work so hard. When you are in a new city, whether it's abroad or, you know, right here in the States, it's a lot of work to find a new community for yourself. That's really kind of why I'm here in Portland. It was either going to be here or Los Angeles, where I also have a community, but I, I felt that need for just for it to be easy because it was as marvelous as it was abroad. It was also extraordinarily difficult and taxing. Um, and I just went, once I was home for a little while, I was like, wow, it's kind of nice, A, to speak English and B, to be surrounded by people I already know and not have to go out and meet all those new people. So that's, you know, you would ask you know, if I've if I've taken that skill and and applied it back here at home, no, I haven't. Um, I've really just relied on the people that I already know. Although, what you did bring home was an appreciation for that. that oh, you yes. You can only you can only yes. really sharpen by putting yourself someplace really uncomfortable for a while. Absolutely, yeah. and I, and I and I do think that's a skill, and I think it's a skill that I'll be able to apply for the rest of my life. For people who are listening, and can't who can't. Just pack yeah. up, sell their yeah. house, leave their husband, start a whole new life. 
in, an, in another continent. What were the big takeaways for bringing adventure and, you know, just a, a lack of stuckness in, that you could share with listeners who want that kind of joy that you had in your, in your friend freedom that you have without giving everything up? Yeah. It's a really good question. And it's a tough one um, because I, you know, I do, I did come at this from a point of extreme privilege. You know, I, I was particularly financially, and that's something that I always talk about because that was, that was my background at Marketplace. I talked about personal finance. Um, so I would say that the way to generate adventure for yourself is to find those things that you are unfamiliar with, to find those things that make you uncomfortable and go and do them. Now, that doesn't mean you have to fly off to Vietnam. It could mean that, you know, is there uh, a mountain near you that you can go, maybe not climb to the top of it, but if you've never gone for a really serious hike, go go do that. Um, if you've never taken a road trip more than a couple of hours outside of your hometown, go do that. Um, if you've never made Indian food, if you've never tried to make Vietnamese food in your home, Go take a cooking class and try to do that. I mean, there are all kinds of ways that you can not just have an adventure, but expose yourself to other cultures, which was the big thing for me uh, while I was abroad. I just, I wanted to experience all these different cultures. Um, if you're in a city where there's a, a night market and you've never been to it, go to it. Go you know, experience the other, those the foods. The other thing I've been intrigued by is Airbnb and how it's changing our, our mm. culture. The fact that even if you're not the person traveling to another country and Airbnb, yeah. you can you can open up your home. Yes, yes, And then all these people come flooding in. I mean, it's not for everybody. It's not for the faint of heart, maybe, but it's, you know, it's another way. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and, and those interactions with people from different cultures are really what it's all about. Um, and again, sometimes... When I was abroad, the language barrier was the issue. But for the most part, people who are coming into this country um, are going to have some functional ability to at least have a short conversation with you if they're staying in your home. So I think that's brilliant. I love that idea. Um, it's a big just, ambition of mine <laughs> to yeah, clean, well, clean and, enough of my crap out of my house that I can Airbnb it. <laughs> okay, we'll definitely do that, you know. And there, and there are so many um, communities within the United States that are, you know, people from other parts of the world. Go explore those communities, you know. Go to Little Saigon in L.A. Go to... Um, go to Little Italy, go to, you know, there were all these places. Just just go and experience those communities in a way that that allows you to travel without really leaving home. And I, I think that that I think that can do it for you. It's great advice. Thank you so much for widening our world. We've loved chatting with you. Oh, it's been just a delight. Thank you. To connect with Tess, you can find her on Instagram at Tess Bigland. And I just want to thank you, Tess. It's been great talking to you. I also want to thank Alicia Haywood, our fantastic producer, and um, everybody listening. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.